Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're almost there. The NFL playoffs are back in just a couple of days. But before we get there, we got to go back. More head coaches in the NFL are being hired. Still another one to come. Fantasy Sports Today on this Wednesday starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Good to be with you here on this Wednesday. Sean Guastamacchia, as always, producing the program. We're inching closer to the big Saturday games in the NFL. Of course, the Sunday games in the NFL as well. And then that Monday night game. Can't wait for that between Clemson and LSU. Wow. Can't wait. Okay. But before we get to that, Uh, We ended our show yesterday getting into what the Carolina Panthers may end up with as they hire Matt Rule away from Baylor. And now Joe Judge is the next head coach of the New York Giants. And Joe, I would ask you your opinion on this one, because clearly they want to improve in a lot of different facets, get better offensively, got to have better talent for sure defensively. But Joe Judge has done a great job in New England. The question is, can he turn the Giants around? Well, I think what the Giants are looking for is a culture change here. And Judge has worked under Nick Saban and Belichick. So for all of the jokes people have made in the past about the Belichick tree being, uh, you know, not very full of fruit. Recently, it has been. In fact, the of the remaining coaches, you got Vrabel. You've got Bill O'Brien. Flores, who finished very well at the end of the year here. So um, you've got some people now recently who are having some success from that tree. We'll see what McDaniels does in his second chance at coaching if he does take a job. But I think this is more of a situation where the New York Giants were looking for a different culture. And in terms of winning culture, it doesn't get better than what the Saban Belichick group has done. So from that standpoint, it's fascinating. It's kind of interesting also from the sense of, you know, you, you look at the resume of Judge, and it's it's a good resume. It's kind of a reach, I think, to make him the head football coach of the New York Giants because the New York media market is a lot. It's a lot to deal with. So we'll see how he handles that. Now, this could be one of the great hirings where you go and you pluck a guy off there and say, hey, this is going to be the guy, and nobody saw it coming. It's going to be brilliant. So time will tell about that. But I got to say, Craig, I was a little surprised that they went this route, and they must have just absolutely loved this guy in the interviews or – they panicked because their first choice went to Carolina, which seems like that could have also been a bit of the rumor. So which do you think it was? Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, it's certainly possible that the rule had been talked about potentially going to the Giants. Um, it, well, it, it certainly did not seem that they wanted to take a, hope, a high profile coach, a coach that they were going to have to pay a lot of money, which is surprising because the Giants had been pretty splashy in the past before they got to Shermer. But uh, look, I mean, a lot of other teams 
have tried to steal players away and steal coaches away from the New England Patriots and hoping for the same results. A lot of times it doesn't happen. A lot of times the players and the coaches fail. But perhaps maybe what the Giants are looking at is the most recent coaching hire, which was or at least has been a success so far in in Brian Flores, because so far he is the one guy that you would say from the Belichick coaching tree that you would say, yeah, that guy did a good job. And it's that's really yeah. hard to say, because in general, a lot of them have not. Well, I mean, you, they haven't. Vrabel has Vrabel's done a nice job this year with Tennessee. And I think that Bill O'Brien, I think let's not forget that he went into an impossible situation in Penn State. And I thought he did a pretty darn good job there. I mean, I don't know what you think of it, but I thought that was a situation that I would not envy anybody going into at the time he took it over. And for the two years he was there, he did a Mm -hmm. very good job of getting that program back on track when it was in shambles. So uh, I and and you know what? He's had success with the Texans. They're perennially a playoff team. But, you know, look, look, some I understand that why I I guess it's fair coach. And and I understand Romeo Cornell wasn't what you want him to be. But Josh McDaniels was not a success either. No, I think Josh McDaniels was one of these boy wonders who also went and you know, maybe got the opportunity too early. And I understand well, Charlie. Charlie point. Weiss was no boy wonder. He did not succeed wherever he went after New England. Didn't make a difference whether he was a Notre Dame or he was with Kansas. Um, I mean, look, it's it's you, well, you Nick bring Saban up, from the Belichick tree and he's done all right. Yeah, sort of, sort of Saban, Nick Saban, sort of. No, he's done a fantastic job. But does does he really? How many years was sort he with of. Belichick in he Cleveland? Was with Belichick in Cleveland for three years as defensive well, well, coordinator. Bel- Belichick was not a success in Cleveland either, though. Well, they were. They were a playoff team, and then the next year, when they started off the season, well, they moved. They decided. They announced they were going to move the team and didn't tell the coaching staff, and then the entire team imploded because the fan base imploded. Everything imploded there. I'll tell you. We want to watch a great documentary. It's a. Uh, I think it's a football life on NFL Network uh, called Cleveland 94, which is about that team mm-hmm. and him taking that team from the dregs, making them a playoff team. The next year, they are ready. Everyone's ready to go. And then they up and pull up everything and move the team and announce they're moving the team in the middle of the season and everything just goes to crap. That is uh, that is something. And and talk about all the people around there, too. And you know what? I mean, Dimitrioff was on his staff and he had a really good run as a general manager in Atlanta. Um, Schwartz was on that staff. He's had mixed success, but he's up for a coaching job too, potentially. So you never know. I, look. Well, I, w- I would say I would say this: coaches who have been on the Belichick tree, who have gone on to be head coaches in the NFL, have had more failures than successes. That, that was an accurate fair. statement. That, that was an fair. accurate statement. Maybe not universally, no, because you bring up some decent names. But I think that there have been more failures than successes. But listen, if I am the Giants, why not? Why not give this a shot? Again, I am not, you know, I am not I, because I live in South Florida. I know a lot about the Dolphins, but I'm not biased for them winning or losing. I could care less. No, I know. And, and this guy Flores is obviously did a good job. I mean, they didn't expect them to win a game and they ended up winning five. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Judge is um, maybe the Judge guy, is the maybe. one that works out. Yeah. So there's one job left. Why the Browns should just take their time, I guess now. Right. Is there any rush? Like, I, there- I guess. I mean, it seems like it's McDaniels or bust for them. It seems like Haslam was on him a couple of years ago and didn't get him. And I guess it all comes down to Josh McDaniels saying, do I want to go and do I want to take over this Baker Mayfield project here? And see if I can turn him into, you know, uh, an elite NFL quarterback or at least a, a very good NFL quarterback that you can go out there and make mm-hmm. the playoffs with. Or do I want to go back and take the best coordinator job in football, which is the Patriot job under Bill Belichick. Now, 
that would certainly make Tom Brady coming back easier, you would imagine. But I don't know. I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money to be the offensive coordinator of the Patriots. So from a money standpoint, Cleveland's got to really blow him away, I think, with an offer. I think it can only go one of two ways. That marriage, if it's McDaniels and it's Baker Mayfield, is is either going to be one of the greatest things you've ever seen or it's going to be the biggest disaster dumpster fire of all time. There is nothing in between because those two are just, you know, there's two balls of fire and sometimes you put them together and it's a big ball of fire. Sometimes it becomes ash and I don't know which one it's going to be, but I'd like to see it happen just because I think it's fun. It's entertaining. All right. We're off and running here on this Wednesday. We got to take a quick time out on fantasy sports today. When we come back, we got the opening drive coming up next. A lot to get to. Some baseball, some football as well. A lot more baseball here on the show today as we're uh, really in the midweek part, but we'll have plenty more to come on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish on Twitter, at Craig Mish. Joe Pizzapia on Twitter, at Joe Pizzapia17. Sean Guastamaki as well. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage, The Opening Drive. The first play of the game. And this is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, back with you here on Wednesday. And plenty to get to. Really busy day, I thought, uh, yesterday in baseball. We had uh, a couple signings. We had some interesting news. But this kind of started all off. Here we go again, Joe. Another story. Same writer, Evan Drellich, who from The Athletic, uh, reporting that multiple members of the 2018 Red Sox told MLB that they used the replay room to steal signs that season. So here we go. <laughs> Two teams that have won the World Series back to back. There's already a full-on investigation. Jeff Passan of Yahoo Sports or Jeff Passan of ESPN, excuse me, reported yesterday that there's going to be very long suspensions for members of the front office staff of the Houston Astros. So this is going to be really interesting. Um, I mean, I'm guessing that Jeff Luno may get suspended here. I can't believe it, but this is like really what, what it possibly could be coming down to. And then we're going to be going down the road of the Red Sox, who, of course, their manager. Used to be the coach of the Astros. <gasps> no, Craig. So crazy <laughs> uh, stuff here. I, I, you know, when the story dropped yesterday, I, I saw it. It was basically right after we were done, and it was starting to circulate. And I just, I couldn't. I just kind of shook my head and went, "Man, here we go." And I wonder what's going to happen when all these stories come out about every team basically doing some kind of version of something that's on the boundaries of what you should be doing and not be doing. Because it's baseball and sports. It's everyone's trying to get an edge. This is what it's it's been about for years. And, you know, stealing signs, just even stealing signs on the field is not something you should do, but it's something everyone does. And it's something at, at once you get to a higher level of baseball, you're taught to try to pick up because it's an advantage and that's what you're looking for. And I mean, baseball's got a bigger issue here because 
I don't think it's just the Red Sox. I don't think it's just the Astros. Do you, Craig? Don't you get the feeling that this is probably going to go a little is. bit deeper? And then what is. do you do? Do you make a rule that you can't steal signs? Because that's going to be difficult to, to, to really enforce, isn't it? I have a feeling that the Astros are, are guilty, but guilty for getting caught. And we potentially could be looking back on this in years and say, look at these insane sanctions that the Astros got for something that everybody else did. And I think well, that that's, that's part two is that do you think that now that this has come out, that those sanctions get softer because it looks more of like an epidemic around the league? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know the answer. Is it to a that. coincidence that these two teams have won the World Series and those back to back? I don't think so. Um, not in the Astros case. Um, I think the Astros are really good. I thought they were very talented. Too. But we well, got hit on the road last time I checked, too. Unless they did they bring the trash can with them on the road? I don't, I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. Either, so. so. It's going to be an interesting spring. Mm-hmm. That's for sure for these guys. No, no, no. What's really interesting is none of them have been available to talk, you know? So what do you think the first day of spring training is going to be? Like? Oh, man. Well, are you going to be near that field? Or not I, don't there think, there? I mean, I live right there, but I'm not. I, I think I'll stay away. I mean, for our purposes, it's more interesting for fantasy than reality. But I'm guessing that every national reporter will be there on the first day. Yeah, oh, it's going to be a hot day. You're right. I didn't even think about that because no one really has talked. But now you have no, no choice. One. You have no there. choice. Verlander, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, they're all going to have to talk. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, man, everybody still signs. We play 81 games in the road. Leave me alone. That's what no. I would say. No, they're going to say, guys, this is in the past. And we don't talk about the past here. We only talk about the future. Oh, the major okay. baseball handler. That's my guess. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's for, for second down here in the opening drive, we should probably go through both these signings in baseball. Uh, Dodgers give Jimmy Nelson a one-year deal. He's got an option for 2021. The Cubs uh, signed uh, Steve, or excuse me, the White Sox, the Cubs. Steve Ciszek, who was on the Cubs, now goes across town and signs with the White Sox, who, uh, Joe, we should be calling for a deal at this point because they're giving money out like uh, like I've never seen before, hundreds of millions of dollars in free agency. And it's really interesting because uh, Jimmy Nelson, of course, probably not a fantasy factor. Really, He's really going to have to turn things around to be relevant. But uh, Ciszek, who probably uh, maybe has a shot of getting some ninth inning opportunity, but here's the bottom line. I mean, the White Sox, Joe. Lost for four years in a row, like really bad for four years in a row. How long can you do that without deciding at some point, hey, we're going to re-energize the fan base. This had to be done. But I got to tell you, like as good as they look like they are on paper, they better be because they're they're overpaying on some guys, (laughs) I think. They're giving well, I don't know if they're overpaying this. I mean, they're not overpaying the Roberts and Aloya Menezes of the world. No, of course not. Those are good I think deals. That, those, those are guys. amazing deals. Grandal well. got a lot of money. Grandal got a lot of money. Michael did a, very well, too. Michael did very well, but that was necessary. And they're not paying anyone else in that rotation. They got to pay somebody. Everybody else is on those, you know, second and third years, you know, minor league, major league deal, rather. But I mean, I don't, I'm not a White Sox fan, but damn, I'm excited about the White Sox. I don't know about you. Like, aren't you excited to watch the White Sox play? I don't and, think and I've watch? talked about them in 10 years. Well, and, but I mean, now we're talking about it. We're I talking know, about them all the time. We are. Yeah, no, you know, I, I think it's been almost 10 years, and I've been doing shows like this for 10 years, and they're always the least interesting team to discuss. Well, they oh. don't have, you know, Jose Abreu's been that fantasy asset. Tim Anderson started to crack in. This a is bit only more. recently, the last well, two, three years. Even recently. I'm trying to think before Jose Abreu. Ugh. I mean, you got to go back to the uh, the Albert Bell era of the White Sox for for fantasy relevance, really. Not, <laughs> like, not a lot. Or I mean, that 2005. Yeah, Freddie Garcia die. and Jermaine Dye and. Uh, yeah, they made the, yeah, and then after that, they made a huge mistake, if I'm not mistaken. I think uh, they took on Alex Rios' contract. I think that was, oh, that was a big yes. deal. Somebody waved yes. him, and they picked him up. Was that Vernon Wells, up. too, that they take him, too? Or no, it was just Rios. It was definitely Rios. That I remember. Yeah, Man. it was Rios. I believe it was oh. Rios. Yeah. Wow, you just but took but yeah, oh, no, look. Wait, 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 wait. You're forgetting about somebody. You are forgetting about a great fantasy player. Maglio or Donius. Oh, yeah, Paul Canerco. Yeah. Those two guys were very good players for a long time in fantasy. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it's, it's C-Shack's a great signing there for them. And Colum is not exactly, you know, <laughs> without I think, I think the White Sox, didn't the White Sox trade Tatis for James Shields? Am I, am I right on that one? Oh, 
I'd have to go back and check. I, you might have to Google that one, but it sounds right. <laughs> I think they did that. Yeah, yeah it sounds right. the, not not the brightest. Though. Well, and the Jimmy Nelson thing on the other side of that. I, mean, I don't know if there's anything. To well, from about. look, Jimmy Nelson a couple of years ago had a great season, and then he has not been healthy since, and it's a shame. I think it's kind of a cagey move by the Dodgers for like a million bucks, throw it at him, see what happens, because. You know, we all know Major League Baseball, you're going to need seven starters to get through the year. So, you know, I mean, at least you got theoretically maybe eight guys there that could make starts for you. And they did lose Rich Hill this year, which you're always used to having Rich Hill in their back pocket. And I kind of took it for granted. Yep. So I think that's a good signing for them, too. It doesn't cost yeah, them anything. We'll see. Right. No, no yeah. risk. Yeah, no risk at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, third down here. Uh, Aubrey Huff, uh, former Giants player, Please. Tampa Bay Rays player, always saying crazy stuff. I'm going to let you, Joe, handle this one. Uh, <laughs> I, I love like, it. You are. I feel like sitting this one a- out. You know, man, what is with you? What are you, you know, like the tough Craig Mish. Craig Mish takes everybody to attack. Craig Mish who's out there on the front lines breaking. I don't like. I don't like upsetting the listeners. That's well, I don't. I don't like upsetting the listeners either. We don't even have to do it if you don't want to do it. No, but I just let's do it. it. You, was, you got it in there. Let's go. It was for it, trending right? on Twitter for God's no, sake. No, I know it's, it still is. I know it's kind of like one of these things where it's not. It's Look, Aubrey Huff, story. not the sharpest tool in the shed. Says crazy things. Nothing politics-wise. I got no issue. Anybody can say whatever they want politics-wise. Right, and we don't. But, do now, but now he's popping off. Basically, showed a picture. Of a woman, uh, like maybe saying that they should she, they should kidnap her and do some stuff. Like it's just insane. Jeff Perlman, insane. Jeff Perlman, who's such a great writer uh, of some of the best sports books. I don't even know what he was talking about. You know, and you know, clapping back on him. Basically, uh, Jeff Perlman said that he has seen his uh, whatever. I, it's just well, I've, I've interviewed Jeff before. He's great, he's but why? But I don't know why he engaged. Ever, the bad guy why would he engage? Uh, well, because that's what Jeff. Because Jeff. Because uh, that's what Jeff does. Jeff is very much. Jeff is very much involved in the world and politics and, and, and also just he, he wants to be a citizen of the world and he gives yeah, a crap and I, and I commend yeah. that. And you know what? What Aubrey Huff said was not funny. It's completely ignorant. I'm not even going to say it on the show because it is it is off-putting and disturbing. Most people by now probably know what he said. But, you know, this kind of almost goes back to that Kurt Schilling thing, too, where Kurt Schilling keeps opening his mouth and saying stupid things. And every year his Hall of Fame voting goes down and down and down. So, man, if you're a millionaire, just shut up and be a millionaire and enjoy the rest of your life. And- I don't. Social yeah. media just—I uh, don't think Schilling it, went went like this. Like, Schilling, no, well, Schilling's had some. Uh, I don't think it's quite. Schilling's this. gone gone very far for his political beliefs, but I mean, I, this 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 is this is, all, this is all yeah. This is another universe. Yeah, no, too much. Let's have right. a higher fun note, <laughs> please. Uh, fourth down, social media influencer giving out uh, nudes in exchange for donations to Australian brush fire raises over seven hundred thousand dollars. And then they deactivated her Instagram. Yeah, because I guess you know you can't do that. It's like part of the Instagram thing. You're not allowed to uh, solicit or or whatever. And but you know she said, hey, I'll send nude pictures if you donate X number of dollars. And then like overnight, it was seven hundred thousand dollars worth of money raised. So but I don't know how she's gonna get everyone their their pictures. Apparently, her account got deactivated. Her family's pissed off. Her boyfriend left her. But she said, F it. At least we saved some koalas. <laughs> Ooh, ah. There you Ooh, go. I mean, look, you have to have some serious power to get your Instagram deactivated, though. Well, I mean, when you do something like that, it gets the. Do you have Instagram? I I just signed up for Instagram this past summer because of the book, and I don't like Instagram. I I don't. I don't have it. It's Twitter's enough for me. Uh, Instagram, I just don't like. But what's the point of it? Um, it's honestly the point is for pretty girls mostly to make money because people follow them on Uh, Instagram. That's what it feels like. That's kind of what it feels like. But at the same time, there are some cool things on Instagram, and definitely some baseball and some wrestling people that I follow. They're very cool, and you can see some fun videos. It it seems like more people are are willing to post on Instagram than Twitter. Instagram is the cool one. That's where the cool kids hang out now because Facebook's for old people and Twitter is too much political drama. It's it's the least interactive of the three. So therefore, the millennials like it because they don't have to be judged by what their uh, their feelings are. I don't listen, I'm glad that you could sort this all out for me. I don't That's know what, what I'm, I'm here for. I sort these out. I take the bullets for the show. That's what I do. All right. 
okay, so that's the opening drive here for the show. Coming up next, it's going to uh, be a fun program. We're going to dive into mystery pitchers and mystery hitters in fantasy baseball today. Joe and I have lists of players who we really don't know what to expect from in 2020. Does that put them off our board? Do they stay on? Is there is there basically an ADP for every single one of these guys? We will let you know coming up next. Also, we'll look at some of the NFL playoff games this weekend and anything going on in the world of fantasy sports. Hey, it's the month of January. We'll bring it to you. You're listening to Fantasy Sports today, noon to 2 Eastern, right here on FNTSY Radio. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia. We'll be back with some pitchers we're not sure about in 2020. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Want to be the next daily fantasy legend? Go for the green with DailyRoto.com this fantasy golf season. For a limited time, get free access to Daily Roto's PGA DFS product, including fantasy projections powered by Data Golf, PGA Bet Tools, and of course, DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Golf's optimizer. Don't lay up. Go for the green. DailyRoto.com. Head over to DailyRoto.com and enter the promo code green to access your free seven-day golf membership. That is DailyRoto.com. Promo code green for your free trial. DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. Well, a little bit later in the show, we are going to review some hitters that we are uncertain of in 2020 in terms of fantasy baseball. But we thought that we would start off with some pitchers here on the show and kind of go through them and perhaps tackle some names that uh, I don't have really a clue about what they're going to do with this year. Maybe Joe does, and then Joe doesn't have a clue on some guys, and then I will weigh in whether or not I think that uh, I have a feel on them. So let's get started, Joe. I think the enigma in all of fantasy baseball, all of hitters, all of pitchers, is you, Darvish, on the Cubs. I mean, this is a guy that I've wanted a piece of just about every year, and I can't figure this guy out. He's a Cy Young candidate. He's durable, always pitching, can't hit the guy. His slider is just untouchable. Starts off the season last year, can't get anybody out, talking about maybe the worst contract in baseball. All of a sudden, second half of the season, he's like the best pitcher in baseball again. So what is going to happen in 2020? Is you Darvish going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball? Is he going to win 18 games? He could throw 270 innings if he wanted to. He could strike out 300 guys. He could also throw 140 innings and end up like Chatwood, walking 200 guys. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have no idea which Darvish we're going to see this year. None. Zero. Tell me. Well, he wasn't just good. After a certain point in time, he was dominant over his last 13 starts. Check this out. 276 ERA over his last 13 starts. 118 strikeouts. Seven walks, Greg. How seven. in the world did that ever happen? I don't know, but it, it started he had the lowest whip in Major League Baseball in the last two months. I, I can't figure it out. It started to happen at the end of July, and Chris Meade and I were doing the Line Star show for MLB. For you know, Every day we do the podcast for DFS. And we started to notice it like one start and then two starts. And then we started buying in, he and I. And no matter what was on the slate, no matter what it was, you Darvish was our guy because he was so cheap and he was just, he was lights out and like, hey, it's going to be wrong. We're going to get blown up. And it just kept working and working and working. And it was an unbelievable run in the second half. We were on with you Darvish. But whatever clicked, 
I, I mean, I understand all of your trepidations. Correct. He's had some injury issues in the last couple of years with the Cubs. He's had durability issues from time to time. And on top of that, the one thing you always do take away is he's always had a good strikeout per nine rate. This was just otherworldly. So whatever clicked, whatever happened, I'm willing to take the chance on him. Now, I understand. I don't know what I'm going to get either, but I feel like the one thing with pitchers that I want the most of in Roto Leagues is strikeouts. And you, Darvish, I think is at least going to give me that. Now, I don't know what's going to come along with it. Right now on Fantrax ADP, he is number 72 overall. The next pitcher who's 73 uh, next to him is Noah Syndergaard. I would rather take you, Darvish, than Noah Syndergaard. What would you do? I probably would, too. I probably would, too, but I would be very scared, man. I would be very, very scared. I well, and then the next pitcher on the board after those guys is and Trevor that, Bauer. Noah Syndergaard, we could also add the Trevor. We could, you know what? And Jose all, Barrios. Those well, Barrios, I, well, Barrios is solid. I know what I'm getting. But those other yeah. three guys. I you know what you're getting. I agree. Barrios is if I'm scared of these four guys, but I think you would also agree he doesn't have the upside of the other three either. He doesn't, but it depends on who you are in the draft. True. I mean, that's that's just. I mean, so if, Darvish if, is a great if, one. If Barrios is, is in a mixed league, if Barrios is your three, you're like, yes. Yeah. If, if he's your two, you're like, uh. he's going to either win or lose people leagues. Yeah, sure. that's that's going to be it. All right, uh, let's move on. I'm going to go my second one, Joe, with Brendan McKay of the Rays, who uh, you know clearly one of the most talented players in all of Major League Baseball. The Rays are funny the way they do things. I could see McKay making 20 starts. Winning 10 games, an ERA of three and 100 strikeouts. I could see McKay not pitching at all. I could see McKay as the opener. I could see McKay as the closer. It's the bleeping Rays. Like, I just don't know. What are they going to do with this guy? Is he going to pitch? Is he going to hit only? I got no idea. None. I don't know. Is he going to open? <laughs> I mean, I, got, what is he going to do? I don't know. But, I mean, look, uh, he, in the Black Book, he's ranked as the 69th ranked uh, MLB prospect. Um, he obviously debuted already last year. But um, he is a guy that, you know, I think the upside of him is a middle rotation guy, but in 2019 at uh, 2020, I got to start saying 2020 now in 2020. I think that's asking a lot for him to emerge as that. I don't think he's going to be ready for that. And because he's an, an intriguing, decent bat, you kind of do wonder what the Rays are going to do with him and how that's going to work. It, I don't have an answer for McKay. I, no one does. No, one I does. think McKay is a he, guy. That by the I way, would, in terms of yeah. talent, he could be their best pitcher, and it may not be close. But oh, I don't see. I don't think he could be there. You think he could be he better? He could than be as Snell? good. I do. No. I do. Now, or Glass now? No, mm-hmm. absolutely. See, I don't see that at all. Not from what I've seen of him so far as a pitcher. I think he could be a decent guy behind them. That I think he could be. Um, and I think I think he'll. It would be wise for the Rays to probably not start him right away. So that's an interesting thing, too, to think about. You know, if you're trying to manage innings a little bit and he can hit and you keep him in there, maybe you make a spot starter too in April if you need the fifth guy. Maybe you drag him along as the fifth starter and then see what happens as you get into the season. He might be a better buy low trade opportunity than a draft asset. Would you agree with that? I get a kick out of you trying to give the Rays advice. They're probably, if they're listening, they'd be laughing to that. It's pretty funny. I'm not trying to give them advice. <laughs> if I, if the Rays were smart, no offense to you, Joe, they're like, the Rays are like the smartest team like of all time, you know? I'm not, I'm not, how come they don't draw anything? What? That has nothing to do with it. I, what, I mean, I, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, you if you're such a you smart organization, you can't find a way to put butts in the ballpark. No, it's Florida, man. You can't make no one it's has ever Florida, man. Everyone's too busy sucking on toes. And exactly. Doing that. No one goes to no one goes to games. You know, well, don't take it. Don't take it personally. It's just I mean, this team, well, it's, it's, it's hard. To, it's it hard to question way. anything the Rays do. I'm That's, thinking of it. I, I, nor am I questioning what the Rays do. And I do give them all the credit in the world for doing things right. I'm just saying this as a fantasy person in my head. Because I think that's what you have to do to a certain extent. You have to say, okay, what's this organization going to do with this guy? And it would seem that 
a smart organization like the Rays would do something smart, like let's manage this guy, let's push him along, let's see if we can kind of coast through April, yeah, his, and then maybe his, May and uh, June. Yeah, his innings probably for the season. His over under on innings, I'd put it about one twenty for the whole year. But I was going to say one twenty five, so you're yeah, right in the same. It's about right. But still, mm-hmm. if I thought I was getting a fantastic one hundred twenty innings, I would. But that int- but that influences where you should or should not draft him because if he gets drafted and people get frustrated that he's not pitching a lot right away, he becomes a much more palatable trade asset to acquire rather than spend draft capital to acquire. So that's right. that's kind of my take. But again, look, Paddock was on that that kind of you know. No, line no, last no, no, year. no. Paddock is much better than McKay too. I'm sorry, I can't go down that route either. Chris Paddock is, was far more advanced with the three pitches he had. Right, but McKay. how many innings did Paddock throw last year? Um, more than you think. I will double check. He, he got, I'm going to check right now. So hang on one second. In the meantime, you can go to your other guy and start setting that up, and I'll check the innings there. All right. Uh, my third one is uh, Sean Manaya from the Oakland A's. Now we're dipping down in terms of ADP here. I'm not at the top, but look, looking for some value later on. Uh, Manaya was so good two years ago, uh, missed a lot of time with an injury, came back last year, looked really good again. We know that Oakland finds these pitchers that seem to do well. I'm not trying to pretend that Manaya is a 250 strikeout guy or even 200. He's not. But I just wish I had a clue as to what he was going to be, because if he gets 25 starts, I want that guy on my team this year. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, Showman, I had a, a really great finish to the season. Um, in my home league, I picked him up a couple weeks when he was uh, right before he was coming back when he was rehabbing because I was really just desperate for some pitching depth. And I was like, you know what? Let me take a shot of Manaya. Maybe he gets back into the rotation. And uh, boy, did he ever. <laughs> he got back in there and had a fantastic thing. And it's funny because now it's a keeper. So, you know, I can only keep five guys and he's a dollar. And it's very intriguing to want to keep him at that price. But uh, I'm probably not going to be able to do it because, like you said, I don't know exactly what I'm getting. Coming off shoulder surgery. Um, 140 innings sounds about right to me for him. By the way, Chris Paddock, 140 innings last year. That's not a lot, man. Very, it's not a lot, but they were very quality innings. I mean, he was a very good pitcher last so year. Why, why can't why can't McKay do what Paddock did? I don't think it's unreasonable. Paddock doesn't have as advanced pitch as many pitches as, as Paddock does. Number yeah, one, number two, we'll they're see. not as good. Um, and and most scouts will tell you that. But look, one two one ERA over his last five starts is going to inflate Manaya's draft value. I think a little bit. I think he's the kind of guy that if you're doing a casual league with people who like baseball and aren't crazy obsessed, he's a guy you could probably pluck and be useful. I think if you're in the opposite, where you're in a bunch of leagues with a bunch of really hungry players, somebody's going to be too aggressive on him. I think it might cost you, but it's hard not to be intrigued by what he did last year. Yeah, no, he was he was definitely very good. And I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch hopefully a whole season, and I'll be in on him. Uh, final one here as we close out uh, my pitchers. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Archer. On the Pittsburgh Pirates, we've officially put the Ray Searage is a genius story to bed. That's done. Uh, Archer <laughs> Archer went to Pittsburgh. This is looking like this is. I ah, look. This is not a Yelich trade. This is not a you know all time you know bad trade potentially. Uh, but it does look horrible right now for for Pittsburgh. I mean, they they traded Garrett Cole. They traded Austin Meadows. First of all, you don't want to deal with the Rays in a trade because they're going to end up burning you. But in this case, I cannot believe how backward Chris Archer has gone. Like, I, I just what in the world happened to this guy? Can't you couldn't get anybody out at all last year? Saw him pitch in Miami. Saw him pitch in Miami two years ago, and I said to my son, "We're going to this game. Uh, this is a good pitcher. He pitched very well against Miami, by the way." And then I wanted to go back again because not only does he pitch well, Joe, he catches the ball, he throws it home. He catches the ball, he throws it home. He's a, you know, he, there's no time in between. Oh, he's an athlete. Are, he's a baseball the, player. The games absolutely. are quick. The games are quick. I like that. It's like Stroman. Stroman. But he, like but that he made he's the game that, against Miami last year like eight eight hours. He gave up like 10 runs. What what happened to this guy? I, 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 I want to believe that 
that he could be something, but I just don't know. I'm too scared. Well, here, no idea. here's the thing. You should be, you should definitely be scared. The season was ended by shoulder inflammation last year. So um, what about the rest to, of the season? <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying is there's a good chance he was pitching through that. And eventually he just couldn't do it. That would be my guess. Now, Archer is another one of these guys, kind of like the inverse of Darvish where same concept, but totally different theme. I want strikeouts. And the one good thing about Archer is the 27% strikeout rate still good. So the one thing I will say about Archer is this. You're probably going to get him for nothing this yeah. year. And if he's healthy, this is one of the few guys that spring training matters for. There's going to be a list of these guys. We're going to be going as we go into February and March of guys where spring, spring training performances matter. Archer's one of them because if he looks healthy, mm-hmm. he could be a, a $1 or a late round pick. And my goodness, you can get a huge return. Now, I don't know if he's going to win. He's not going to win 15 games, but can he strike out 200 guys again? He could. And I don't think you're ready to give up on him yet. I think it was a health issue, but he, unless he proves healthy in spring training, I'm not touching him even late. All right. We got to take a quick time out here on the show. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. And we're going to be right back. We'll talk with Joe about some of his mystery pitchers in 2020. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We're going through the mystery pitchers for 2020. Craig and Joe here with you. And we're kind of, you know, walking our way through this year and finding players that we may have more questions than answers about. What do you guys think about some of these? Let us know at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizzapia17. We just went through my list. You can go back and listen on demand. You Darvish, Brendan McKay, Sean Manaya, Chris Archer. You know what's going to happen. I'm going to end up with all those guys on my team this year. Then we're going to go back and say, what are you doing? Taking the guys you don't know anything about? Why'd you do? What was the point of that whole segment back in January? Could be. Could very well be. I like to lie. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> The uh, the big fantasy mystery pitchers for you, Joe, are who this year? Who do you got? Well, I'm going to start with a guy who is absolutely brilliant, probably one of the great stories of 2019. It's Hyunjin Ryu, who I was just talking about yesterday when we were talking about Kettle Martel and that piece that I wrote up about guys who had great second halves of 2018 that nobody seemed to care about, and Ryu is one of them. If you go back, uh, Ryu has the second-best ERA among 90 starting pitchers over the last 265 innings in the last two seasons. The problem is um, he averaged before that (laughs) 91 innings a year (laughs) somewhere between, and he missed an entire 2015 season. So it becomes a very funny game because Ryu was so good last year. And so many people are afraid, including me of what you're going to get. And now you're shifting him from Dodger stadium, good pitcher ballpark, great offensive support to a very young team in Toronto and the AL East. And I got to tell you, Craig, I'm a little worried about this. I'm trying to figure out 
does this move do enough where it suppresses his value so much that he becomes a bargain again? And I take a flyer because nobody wants to. And, and what if he is good? Because we've seen guys go and change the league sometimes and be good because they're fresh to the league and, and good pitchers who keep the ball down like Ryu might not get in trouble in the American league. Or was last year just a complete, everything just fell right. And there was a little bit of regression in the second half, which was obviously coming at some point in time. It was a great season, but Craig, I don't know what to think about Ryu. Does the American League East to move to Toronto suppress his value enough that you're willing to take a shot on not a repeat, but at least a good performance in 2020? I'm out, Jerry. I'm out. I'm out. You're slamming out. your money on the table on Ryu. That's what you're doing. I'm out. Yeah, I got no interest in Ryu. The contest no. is over. Why? Why? Because of the American Leagues? Or everything is, I just think injuries. everything is so stacked against him. Injuries are a part of it. Last year was the perfect storm for him. Everything came together, uh, you know, facing the Red Sox, facing the Yankees, facing the Rays. You know, I guess he's got some decent matchups against the Orioles, but uh, I don't know, man. Like, and, and not only that, and, and I know that this is overrated over the course of the season, Joe. I'm not going to pretend like July and August are like April and May. But this dude for the first six weeks of the season is going to be facing off against the aces of every team in baseball, and he plays on Toronto. I don't know. I just don't like the setup here. I don't. I don't. I'm out. Well, there's not an impossibility that Toronto could end up being this young, exciting team that clicks and plays really good baseball, too. I mean, yeah, it's it not is outside it is the realm of possibility. It is impossible. You think it's impossible? How many How many wins would you predict? How many wins would you predict? Oh, I don't know. 70? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, is that a good I don't team? Know. Is that a good team? <laughs> I don't know, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, but part of the reason I'm protecting 70 is because Ryu is the only guy in that rotation. So that's the, you that's know, a, maybe they problem. win when Ryu's up. I think they have it's Tanner Roark. But um, yeah, I, I look. You're right. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is very exciting. He's also not an athletic guy. He already got hurt once last year. Who knows? I do like Biggio, Kevin Biggio. I do like Bo Bichette. I like Teoscar Hernandez. I like their team. They, I, I thought they made a mistake with this signing. And could they get to 70 wins this season? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's possible. But I'm, I'm going to be out on Ryu. I'm not going to do it. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to say that in fantasy, when you have your ace go against another ace, that that thing is going to last until July. But it does last for the first few weeks of the season. Ryu is going to be facing off with the number one guy on the Yankee, maybe with Garrett Cole, and then maybe with Chris Sale. You know, like this is going to happen for a while. And I just, I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like. It. I'm going to be out. <laughs> All right. So Mish is out on Ryu. I'm, I'm out. I'm. I feel like I'm going to be mostly out, but I feel like there's going to be one or two where he's just going to fall so far. I'm going to go. Sure. All right. I'm in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to I don't think happens, I don't think now. he'll be horrible. I don't think he'll be horrible. No, I, just I think he I might think be, be surprisingly good at times. And won't that be a story? Because I feel like when everybody just writes somebody off, that's exactly when somebody becomes, you know, I remember Jake Odorizzi being another guy too. Oh, he can never be anything. And they had a great run in the first half last year. Uh, speaking of halves, Jack Flaherty's the second guy on this list for me because Oh my, was that boy impressive in the second half? The problem was the four six four ERA in the one two three whip in the first, which was not quite as good. Second half, 0.91 ERA, 0.72 whip, not sustainable. So I'm trying to find something in the middle. I feel like it doesn't matter, kind of like you, Darvish, like your guy. He's going to strike out guys regardless. I'm going to get a ton of strikeouts. If the ERA settles somewhere between that 0.91 and the 4.64, well, I feel like I guess that's 3.5. 
But what if he is that guy from the first half again in the first half? And I spent all this draft capital to take this guy early as a number one or number two starter. Man, that could really put me in a hole there. And do I have the patience to wait for him to have another monstrous second half? Did you see enough out of Flaherty last year in the second half to make you feel like that's all you needed to see? And now we're going to go forward as Jack Flaherty is an ace or is he still a very volatile fantasy asset in your opinion? I like Flaherty. I do. So I think that in an NL only, I think I'm okay with him as my ace. But in a mixed league, if he's my two, I'm feeling really good about things. Yeah, I I, I had him last year. He uh, was really good from about the midway point on. You know, sometimes that pressure of being the guy wears on you a little bit. He had to be the guy pretty quickly last year because Michaelis was clearly not the same as he was the year before. But uh, my guess is Flaherty starts opening day for the Cardinals this year, and I think that he lives up to it. So I'll be in on him this year, and I don't have any issue. I don't know that I'll end up getting him because I think he'll be a top 20 pitcher for sure. Well, he is. Well, here's the names right now. Overall, you've got 28th overall, Mike Clevenger going ahead of him. Then you got Flaherty going at 29 overall. Then the next starting pitcher, you're up to Blake Snell at 39. Who who, who are some of the other ones for you ahead of uh, ahead of those? Well, again, this is ADP right now, so I'm not talking about for me on my rankings. Is this ADP pitchers or ADP overall? This is ADP uh, overall, ADP for pitchers. I can talk about. I mean, it's the same thing in terms of what's the cluster of guys. He's a top 20 Uh, pitcher. I'm sure he's being drafted. Yeah, he he, he might even, he's higher than that probably. Yeah, probably he's more top, like a 10. top fifteen yeah. right now. Um, let me just see here as it's coming up here. But I think when you look at Flaherty, you see it's hard not to remember only the good. Jack Flaherty's going number nine overall. He's going ahead mm-hmm. of Snell. He's going ahead of Chris Sale, Charlie Morton, Luis Castillo, Patrick Corbin. That see, see now Patrick that. Corbin's the one for me. Patrick Corbin's like the guy who gets zero respect. I don't get it. I don't understand why. I mean, that guy struck out two hundred twenty guys. He won a ton of games. He made every start. Why is nobody like Patrick Corbin but me? Am I the only guy? Like, I'm the lone guy that likes Patrick Corbin. What's wrong with everybody? I, th- I think he's good, but a story for another show. We got to keep going. Keep going. All right. All right. I just, I, you like Corbin. I That's not part of this segment. Yeah. I like Corbin. I like what he does. All right. Let's go to the next guy. All right. Now, this is a tandem, so I cheated a little bit. But okay. really, it's kind of the same deal. Mike Miner and Lance Lynn. Now, these are two guys that. Again, didn't have any shares in season long because I just refused to buy into it. But I had to buy into it in DFS eventually because these guys were just really solid. Both these guys had excellent years for Texas. Both these guys struck out a fire amount of guys. They're basically right neck and neck in terms of where you're going to have to pay for them. But I don't know how that new ballpark's going to go. You don't either. It's nice that Kluber's now there. So I get that that in the sense of, okay, well, Mike Miner you know, and, and Lance Lynn at least don't have to be the ace. But geez, man, these are two guys who were really good last year. Can they be good again this year? And they have a track record of injury and a track record of bad seasons as well. So where do you sit with these guys? Because I'm kind of lost. Has anybody dove in yet to the new ballpark and what it may be or no? Have you? I don't think I don't think we have. I think we might have to go get somebody on. Maybe we got maybe that's an interview. But Mike we may, Miner we may, right we now, may have to do that. I'm going to give an incomplete on these two guys. I think that's a big factor in this. I mean, is is the new Rangers ball start? Is is the new is the new Rangers ballpark going to be hitter friendly? Is it going to be pitcher friendly? I mean, Lance Lynn's making thirty starts, no? Probably. I mean, I imagine both these guys are, but I mean, Mike Miner right now is going right after Robbie Ray. Who? Which pitcher would you rather take a shot on? Because Robbie Ray is far from perfect either. Yeah, probably Ray. 
Probably I think right. I would take the shot on minor, which is which is crazy. But I understand why you would say Ray, and I can't argue against it. But you're in that whole group. This is when it gets interesting. The Frankie Montas, Dinelson, Lamette, Robbie Ray, Mike Minor kind of group. So certainly from that standpoint, there's there's a lot of. I guess here's the other question too: Lynn or Minor? Which one do you feel better about? Lynn. What's your reasoning for that? Just curious. I, I know he's throwing 200 innings. I'm getting the counting stats in a roto league. Right now, Lance Lynn is going as the 36th pitcher overall after Madison Bumgarner, but before Jesus Lazardo and Zach Wheeler. Would you take Lance Lynn over Zach Wheeler? I feel like you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I would take... Um, oof, boy, you hit me with a good one there. Wheeler? That's what I do. I'm Mr. Black Book. I'm not, no, you hit a good I'm, one. I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> I also know you. I've worked with you enough over the years. I know what tickles that Craig Mish fancy. I'm well aware. Um, yeah, so I'll uh, let, let, okay. Let's cap it off. Let's finish off here. We got one more. We're running out of time. <laughs> well, no answer. All right. I, I can't. Uh, can I just take a pass? I'm allowed to take a pass. You can take a pass because it's I'm January. Taking a pass. In February, you need to answer the damn question. All right. All right. Sunny Gray was about as good as it gets for basically the entire season. Uh, I mean, uh, after just absolutely bottoming out in Oakland and then bottoming out with the Yankees. What happened? I don't know. I guess, you know, they 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 didn't want him to use the cutter or they wanted to. So, something happened where they didn't want him to use a pitch and they decided, no, I want to use that pitch again. And somebody let him use the pitch. And now he was basically a dominant pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Can it hold up over another season? Sure, I guess it can. But now I got to pay a price for it because last year, everybody who took a shot was right. Now he's a 32nd pitcher going overall. And he's going right around Paxton and Eduardo Rodriguez and Brandon Woodruff, all pitchers that I like. And I don't know, Craig Mish, if I feel confident that what I saw out of Sunny Gray in 2019 is something that I could bank on now that I have to pay for it in 2020. I know he's an interesting guy, too, because the skill set is incredible. Sonny Gray was one of the more underrated guys in fantasy for years. Um, you know, 13. Absolutely. I mean, 2014, 30 he was starts. A yeah, he was really guy. good. Yeah. He was really good. Oakland waited too long on him, I think, to trade him. Last year, I mean, 200 strikeouts. I mean, you probably could ask, you know, the average 15 fans and say, hey, what did, what did Sonny Gray do last year? Like, oh, he was terrible. Like, they would have no idea. Dude, he had 31 <laughs> starts, 175 innings. Like, they would have but no idea. But a career idea. high of 205 strikeouts, 175 uh, Woba against him. I mean, I don't know. I don't think you're going to see 287 again. But even if he's like a 3.3 pitcher, it might justify his ADP. But man, that's scary. Last year, he won people leagues because he was a free pitcher. And I give a lot of my friends credit who had the guts to take him. I didn't. I had him zero shares. I didn't have But uh, I don't think I'm going to have I think I'm zero shares this year, too. Probably so. Probably so. But if, if that guy figured out that park of all parks. I got to tell you. <laughs> right. And that's even I crazier. Mean, I mean, Bauer can't figure it out, but this guy can. Uh, I will I will be cautiously optimistic with him. I will say that you gave me four guys. Gray, I really don't know. Minor, I really don't know. Those are good examples. Lynn, I think I know what I'm getting with Lynn. I'm not. I don't think he's a mystery. Uh, Flaherty, I don't think is a mystery. And Ryu, I don't think is a mystery for me, just because I'm out on him. But he, but I can understand switching leagues and having a lot of questions about him in on draft day for sure. I, I, I certainly can. But uh, good examples for sure provided by Joe. 
What we'll do is we'll provide you with our best of the first hour coming up next. Then we'll be back for hour number two of Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. I don't have an answer for McKay. I, no one does. No, one I does. think McKay is a he, guy. That by the way, would, in, in terms of yeah. talent, he could be their best pitcher, and it may not be close. But oh, I don't see. I don't think he could be there. You think he could be he, better? He could than be as good. No, I do. I do. No. Or Glass now? No, mm-hmm. absolutely. See, I don't see that at all. Not from what I've seen of him so far as a pitcher. I think he could be a decent guy behind them. That I think he could be. Um, and I think I think he'll. It would be wise for the Rays to probably not start him right away. So that's an interesting thing, too, to think about. You know, if you're trying to manage innings a little bit and he can hit and you keep him in there, maybe you make a spot starter too in April if you need the fifth guy. Maybe you drag him along as the fifth starter and then see what happens as you get into the season. He might be a better buy low trade opportunity than a draft asset. Would you agree with that? I get a kick out of you trying to give the Rays advice. They're probably, if they're listening, they'd be laughing to that. It's pretty funny. I'm not trying to give them advice. <laughs> if I, if the Rays were smart, no offense to you, Joe, they're like, the Rays are like the smartest team like of all time. You know, I'm so not, smart, I'm not, how come they don't draw I, anything? What? That has nothing to do with it. I mean, well, I mean, well it doesn't matter. I, think, I mean, if you you're such a you smart organization, you can't find a way to put butts in the ballpark. No, it's Florida, man. You can't make no one it's has ever Florida, done man. Everyone's too busy sucking on toes. And exactly. Doing that. No one goes to <laughs> no one goes to games. You know, well, don't take it. Don't take it personally. It's just I mean, this team, well, it's, it's, it's hard. To, it's hard to question way. anything the Rays do. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live. Or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.